right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. I'm your host, Detroit sports writer, Noel Bianchi, here today alongside Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith, longtime Red Wings fan, I should probably point out. Uh, by the way, I just I just want to say, before we introduce Ethan, I want to toot my own horn a little bit. I've been killing it with the dates lately. You know, you really you you've really starting to get that stuff down. It's pretty good. I know Everybody? it's uh it's like a, like we before I press record, I just <clears throat> press a little home button on my phone and it pops up, which you know it's 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 easy. But you, usually I was doing it on the fly. Now I'm just doing it like two to three seconds earlier. So a lot of times I still am reading it right before I have to say it live on the air for the people. Uh, could have could have could have just not told us that. Well, but, you had I mean, you you had made a big deal of me screwing up the dates or sounding like a bubbling fool, so I wanted to uh, point out that I've been crushing it. Yeah, congratulations, Nola. <laughs> so we got a good show for you guys today. Uh, we're gonna look at maybe the top five, well, top probably top seven guys in, in this upcoming draft to see kind of who the Red Wings might be picking from when that draft does take place, whenever it takes place. Uh, we Craig Button released uh, a list today. His kind of going off like now that the seasons are kind of pretty much officially over for a lot of the junior leagues and the amateur leagues. Um, just kind of put out a revised, you know, top thirty mock draft, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then we're also going to look back at the top five drafts or so um, and look at the top four picks, kind of see what the Red Wings could end up with. There's a lot of worry, like, oh, what if the Red Wings fall to four? What if they fall to three? Uh, we're going to try and put your mind at ease because the, the proof isn't always in the pudding until a couple years later. So we do want to take a look at that. And then just want to let you know, be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast because tomorrow we have a very special guest coming on in 97 won the tickets, Terry Foster. Uh, he's a longtime Detroit News columnist as well. So we brought him on for a Red Wings Rewind to talk a little bit about the 1994 Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, that was not a great time for the Red Wings, but it was something that kind of set them on a different trajectory that made them into the dynasty they were. So you're going to want to be, uh, you're going to want to have that in your inbox when you wake up on Wednesday morning. And rest assured, despite the fact that sometimes I'll say, hey, it'll be ready in the morning and it's not ready till the afternoon, rest assured. I will have this one ready. So, Ethan, let us hop on into it. How you been, by the way? You, your uh, your quarantine going well? Uh yeah, it's going good. I mean, nobody I know yet, or nobody at my work is, you know, been confirmed infected. But I mean, good. you know, same old, same old. I've definitely. Have you gotten like incredibly just such better sleep? Because so I've, I've Friday, I've, yes, right, dude. I've really been paying attention to my sleep schedule or at least making sure I'm starting to get eight hours because mm-hmm. I'm just not running around as much. And it's just paid off. Like I feel great at like eight, nine. Like it's, it's, it's been pretty good. You know, it's eternal good. optimism, eternal optimism. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out the congratulations podcast. Uh, yeah. So let's jump on into it. We'll start off with uh, Craig buttons. Uh, listed he released today of the top draft picks coming out this year, the Craigslist, as he calls it. You can check this out at tsn.ca. I believe TSN and Sportsnet are the same thing. I don't know exactly 
how you uh, your your preferred method of getting there. But if you just search, you know, Craig Button's uh, mock draft, it'll probably come up. Now, pretty straightforward. Uh, Alexis Alexis Lafreniere, uh, the consensus number one overall pick for some time now, uh, is leading the top of that list. Uh, he had 112 points in 52 games played his last year at the Q with Ramuski Oceanic. I mean, there's not much to say about this guy that hasn't been said already. Um, he's a, he's the consensus number one pick that only after him do things get a little bit contentious uh, or questionable, if you will. Yeah, I really, it really took him about only to about just after the world juniors for people to say, all right, this is without a doubt, the guy um, last year, it was kind of, a closer race with Hughes and Kako, but I mean, you can't argue with 112 points in 52 games and and he was over a point per game in world juniors too. There's really nothing. I mean, he's the dude, but like you said, yeah, after the, after the first pick, it's really, it's not so much, uh, you know, cut like cut and dry or what, what, what's that saying? Why can I not cut and dry? Right cut and dry. Is it really? I was right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Ooh. Well, I mean, it's, Really, two centers, uh, Tim Stutzel of Mannheim in the DEL and Quentin Byfield, who have they've kind of really flip flopped at mm-hmm. least. For, I mean, off and on throughout this year, it was mostly Byfield. It's kind of been interesting to see Byfield too going from you know potential first overall against Lafreniere to dropping down to third. But I mean, it's it's hard to argue with Tim Stutzel. He's put up thirty four points in forty one games with Mannheim, so. Yeah, and there's just been a lot of movement uh, among those types of guys, which I think is a testament to how deep this draft class is, maybe then uh, a testament to lack of stability amongst the prospects themselves. But, like, I mean, a guy we're not even going to get today uh, because he's just not going to make the cut for what we're doing is Lucas Raymond. Um, You know, there were as recently as three, four months or a couple months ago, you know, you could make the argument that he might go number two or that he would definitely be in the mix for that top four. And this isn't to say that he won't be, but he falls ninth on Craig Button's list, along with Marco Rossi, who a lot of people uh, have started to fall in love with over this past season uh, in the AHL. He's, uh, he's all the way at eight. So I think more than anything, uh, if you're going to have a top four pick guaranteed without, I mean, it sucks. Like we've talked about, like it sucks that they might miss out on a generational talent at number one, but this draft is still insanely deep. It's, I mean, it's so deep too, that it even has a goaltender on it that we're going to get to later. And Yaroslav Askarov who plays in basically like the AHL, the junior league of the KHL. And he's just been, lights out in that league for about two years now too so it's not so much a a very deep defensive class Mm -hmm. but without a doubt you if we if the red wings don't get the first overall pick we're getting we're gonna get a guy that's without a doubt you know uh gonna at least be you know ideally would be a center or could be a winger but there's Mm. just three dominating guys that could play center as well I know, and I think at the end of the day, uh, they do go with a center if they miss out on Lafreniere. I mean, if you look at the top four guys right now, it's, so it's Lafreniere number one, Stutzel number two, Byfield number three, and uh, Cole Perfetti. He's right there at uh, number four. He could play center or left wing. But, I mean, another guy I got my eye on that I just mentioned before is Marco Rossi. He had a, he had a great season 
uh, in the OHL, 120 points uh, in 56 games. Same with Cole Perfetti. He had 111 points uh, in 61 games. I think they'll definitely end up going with a center if they don't uh, if they don't get Lafreniere. But I think that because I just think that there's so much value in having you know, a franchise center that you get through the draft that you can get with a top five pick that you can pair with, uh, you know, you can pair with Larkin to hopefully be that franchise one, two, uh, up the middle. I mean, if you, some of the comparatives like Stutzel play, they're saying Stutzel plays like Patrick Kane and Byfield plays like Malkin. So, right. I mean, if you want to, if you want one of those guys to be, either backing up or potentially in front of Larkin in that center spot. I mean, if you're looking at the teams that have won the cup in the last decade, it's mostly teams that have that one, two unbelievable punch or every single team has had that one, two punch down the middle. It makes a huge difference. And that's one thing that's definitely going to come into play. I think is that, uh, is that style of play. It'll be interesting. I, I think that, you know, we learned from last year's draft with the pick of Mo Sider, which now after a full year uh is looking like a pretty darn good pick um but i think that one thing that you you kind of get the sense of with that pick is that eiserman has his very has his own criteria as to what he's uh drafting and i think if you just look at body wise byfield is so much different than all those other center prospects i just named he's 6'4 215 on top of a ton of skill um he's fast too he's not he's, slow yeah. he's really fast and so i i think obviously like we won't know what you know necessarily what eiserman's criteria is for it but at the same time i think that that's one thing that at the end of the day if it comes down to byfield stutzel or perfetti or rossi or you know whoever i think that that's one thing that could be interesting to watch for because Eisman might like those bigger guys. I, I mean, if it's a toss-up and you got a guy who's 6'4", 215, or a guy who's 6'1", uh, you know, 175. Hey, man. I mean, it's if we don't get the first overall pick, I will still be excited. If we, if we, Let's say we get the second, I'd be so excited to see who Eisman ranks as that guy underneath Lafreniere. I mean, granted, I'll be ecstatic if we get – the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we get the second or third, I'd be happy. If we drop all the way down to four, we're essentially getting the guy that the teams, you know, the top three thought were ideal. Right. And you got, unfortunate. Uh, you got Jamie Drysdale at five. Um, who do you got here at six? My thing just froze. Jack Quinn, Ottawa, right. Uh, right winger. Yeah. So, uh, I'd be surprised to to see him maybe dip that direction, given how uh, heralded these top four guys are. But Steve Eisenman's not a guy who's going to let the mock drafts uh, dictate what he does, as we saw last year with that pick of Mo Sider. And it worked out for all intents and purposes so far. Uh, Mo Sider looks like a straight-up man at the age of 18 years old, had a great rookie season in pro hockey. So thanks to look forward to. Eternal optimism, boys. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, okay, moving on. We're going to take a look at the top five picks of the last five drafts, with the exception of the 2019 draft, because just not enough has happened uh, for us to really be able to you know, right. say whether they, they were a good pick or not or kind of see who the winners and losers were. 
Um, you know, just looking over these last five drafts, what are some things that stand out to you? Uh, because we talked a little bit about it on yesterday's show, but I think the one thing that Red Wings fans should look at if they're worried about where they'll fall in the draft lottery is that 2017 draft where Heshire, Patrick, and Heiskanen uh, went one, two, three. And then, you know, while they've had, you know, especially Heshire has had a, a predict- particularly productive NHL career, uh, outside of that, Kale McCarr looks to be the prize of that top four and Elias Patterson at five. And like Heiskanen's really come into his his own this year in Dallas. He's he's played above his age level. Nolan Patrick has had a hard time breaking into that top six role of Philly. I mean, they're really set at center. I mean, they've got Couturier, Giroux. I mean, they're they're trying him at different positions, but he's best at center. And mm. he just doesn't he just doesn't get the playing time he would somewhere else. But what you said, Kale McCarr, Elias Pettersson, just. I mean, they're the really the guys that stick out on this in this draft over everybody. And oh man, that's just fun to look at. It's not even so much like oh, you know, we're I mean we're guaranteed to get a top four pick, but even if you know we don't get that first overall pick, the ability for us to still get somebody at this level is fun to watch. But after that, it does dip off quite a bit, so it's a bit concerning. It might be an outlier in drafts, but I mean, it's. It's nice, it's nice to look at online when there's no sports on. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you go back further than that, if you go back to 2016, you got Matthews 1, Patrick Laine 2, Pierre-Luc Dubois 3, and Jesse Poyarvi 4 to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, that really – nobody really missed, I would say, uh, out of those four guys. You go to 20, uh, 2015, that draft was loaded, but uh, top four, you got Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Dylan Strome. Uh, who has been out of the top four <clears throat> has probably been the biggest bust. Uh, and I wouldn't call him a bust, obviously. He's, he's still pretty young. But I would say he's been the biggest disappointment out of those four. And then you have Mitchell Marner going to the Toronto Maple Leafs at four. Mitch Marner is a franchise player. All right. And not for nothing, if you're looking at the – I know we're just flying through the drafts right now, but I just had the 2014 draft up. And Leon Dreisaitl went third overall with Sam Reinhardt and Ekblad going above him. Yeah. And this guy's, this guy's almost put up the same amount of points as those two guys combined. So, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. never know. Pasta went 25 in that one. So, hey, hey, it's not, it's not where you draft, it's who you draft. Unless you draft first overall, then it's your fault. This is true. Now, who do you think is the, uh, the biggest prize outside of Leon Dreisaitl? If you go two through four um, – who do you think is the biggest prize out of all these guys? If you go two through four in the 2014 draft? A two through four, uh, if you go you know, 2014 to 2018, just that little. Uh... Oh, Jesus, that's kind of a tough one. Um, I, I could, you really could say somebody with the playmaking ability at his age of Kale McCarr. But I've been, I can't go with Pedersen because he went fifth overall. But I will, I'd probably say Kale McCarr in 2017 was that that dude in terms of this just complete playmaking ability at a young age. I mean, he walked into the playoffs last year and just lit it up. So, If you've been a listener of this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is that Lockdown Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. 
Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. Now, if you, your company wants to connect with Red Wings fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown podcast because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and just let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, and I mean, you make a good point, though. Like, even just outside of the top four, there's been some – I mean, at the end of the day, these are all top ten picks, all top five picks. Uh, they're going to be stars. You know, they're going to be projected to be stars. But like, if you look at uh, 2015, you got Noah Hannafin going to the Carolina Hurricanes at five. He's had yeah. a pretty productive NHL career. Right um, away, too. Yeah, just to make an immediate difference. And I think that – it's it's going to be tough because when you draft a guy this high after a year that the Red Wings have had and you got all the hype surrounding, you know, who they're going to get, that's the the draft is the one thing that people have been looking forward to for so long. I I think that fans are going to have a hard time with drafting somebody who doesn't make the roster right away. I think it's going to be considered a disappointment. I would Fair or not. I would go out on a limb and say that anybody that we draft this year is gonna at least if we draft four he'll at least get the nine game look mm-hmm. at least if we draft four if we draft in the top three i don't see a way that these guys aren't in the league this year but we also thought that about most cider and uh and not necessarily even right away but like after watching him play you thought oh definitely he's gonna get you know he's for sure gonna get a look up here at some point now there were some circumstances that kind of kept him away from the NHL. He got hurt at an inopportune time while Grand Rapids was, you know, chasing down a playoff spot. But I think that you could even make the argument that uh, at, at six, they drafted a guy who was NHL ready last year. So, I mean, yes. I mean, he looks NHL ready. I'm happy they didn't rush him. He looked good in the preseason. I mean, he never showed signs of, I mean, besides maybe some offensive game, you know, somebody that was ready. But I'm happy we didn't rush him. It doesn't bother me at all. It wouldn't have made a, a bit of difference this year. So I, I'd rather him get 25 minutes down there than have him be disappointed that his first year in the NHL is team won 17 games out of 71. So, Yeah, the last time that the Red Wings uh, picked outside of that draft lottery, they got Dennis Chalowski uh, with the 20th overall pick in 2016. I didn't realize they drafted him so long ago. Yeah, dude. He played one more year in the uh, in the CHL and came up. And then the year before that, of course, it was uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov. It'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with him over the summer. He'll be a restricted free agent that uh, hasn't hasn't been too productive in his career so far. If you look at the draft uh, from that year, he's one of one, two, three, four. Uh, Five, six. Only six players uh, in the entire first round have less NHL points than him. I'm really, no one. I'm really close to calling a bust. I am too. And I know. I know he had some injuries and stuff, but I'm. I don't know. I kind of think it's not time to, you know, 
give up on him, but I mean, he's definitely curbed his, you know, potential in my mind. Well, you know, you have to obviously consider the the injury aspect and stuff like that, but uh, I think that this is the year where I think he'll probably get maybe a one-year deal, uh, just like a bridge deal to say, hey, all right, well, you're going to make it or not. Um, and so I think that he'll get one more year, but that it's trending in that direction right now. Yeah, sadly. I mean, I'd like to see him for another year. Like, like let him actually get a chance on this team. Yeah, because he hasn't played a ton of NHL games. Um, let me see here. I just had it pulled up. It's just like he, with the injuries and stuff like that, and just he hasn't been able to stay up here for an extended period of time. He's only played 20 NHL games in his in his career. It's too bad. Yeah. I really uh, don't know. But that's the thing about the draft is that uh, you never know what you're going to get. It's not an exact science. Um, you know, we're going to say it all the time. You, you can look at the draft lists and say, uh, you know, if there was a bust, drafted at number two there was a bus drafted at one there was a bus drafted at 16 uh you know now Yakupov is completely out of the league and he went number one overall as 2012 2013 2012 and uh so yeah you see how that turned out for him but we're counting down the days till that draft lottery happens till the nhl draft happens uh that's going to be the next great day in red wings history hopefully uh as the number is called to give them the number one pick in the NHL draft, like we just talked about, <laughs> hashtag eternal optimism. You're going to get a good player anywhere in the top four. So we'll uh, we'll keep up with you know we'll give an extended look into the draft prospects more as this process goes on. But just wanted to give you guys a, a sneak peek as to love it. Well, I think that is uh, all we got for you guys today. Be sure to subscribe, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Wake up tomorrow morning. Have that Red Wings rewind with Terry Foster in your inbox when you wake up. And then check out the Lockdown NHL podcast. If you haven't done that already, uh, it's a great show. They go daily just like we do. And as I mentioned before, they're running through a really fun tournament where they kind of count down uh, who the best NHL player was to wear each number. So they started with one through 10. Uh, and then on last Friday's show, they went 11 through 20. So that's something cool to uh, uh, listen to, a really enjoyable listen I found. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And uh, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place.